Welcome to the Runs in the Family podcast. I'm Skyler. And I'm Dink. Today we got a special guest, um, Lonnie Bogan. And um, people might wonder, why is Lonnie Bogan on this podcast? Welcome to the show, Lonnie. Thank you. Dink. Um, it's a big week. Uh, Mountain Mist Trail Run, the 26th running, is coming up this Saturday. And Today's Wednesday. Today is Wednesday, and I feel like it's already here. I mean, I've been wide open. Uh, I've already delivered four of my aid stations. I still got one more to deliver. We got our shirts in today for the race. Um, it's pretty exciting, though. How are you feeling, Lonnie? <laughs> feeling good. You made a little tactical mistake this weekend. Well, we'll talk about that here shortly. Um, and you know, when the first mountain mist rolled around, Skylar wasn't even born. So, Skylar, you might be left out of this early going. Yeah, so. I think I am. But you, but you're welcome to have input in there. And you know um, what? I was a young man, 37 years old. Yeah. So that's why we've got Lonnie on here. We got to go back 26 years. Did we know each other 26 years ago, Lonnie? The local running scene, you know, was all 5K, 10Ks, couple couple marathons I knew of you we weren't friends as far as probably just from going down results and local races and then lo and behold after I did I was I was only in my 20s and I felt like I could put a race together I felt like we had good trails on Montesano I got with the Huntsville Track Club and proposed it to their board and they accepted it. You know, originally I had planned for Mountain Miss to be in March. And the track club said, we only have one request that you put it in January because there were no Huntsville Track Club events in January. And I was like, okay. One thing I liked about January was typically it's cold. And so I knew I didn't have to worry about snakes and hopefully people getting dehydrated as well. It'd be a little easier to stay hydrated with the cooler weather. Um, one problem we have had over the years with January, what do you think it's been? <laughs> Weather. Correct. Um, very unpredictable. Very unpredictable in January here. And one time in 26 years, we've had to delay the race 24 hours for snow because nobody could get up on the, on the mountain. And um, there was another episode. We'll talk about that today. Mm-hmm. But go back 26 years. We didn't know each other, and the first Mountain Mist was in the works. I got it in Ultra Running Magazine, put it on the calendar, limited the first one to 50, and then we decided to maybe throw a few training runs together. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember because I called you up and said, hey, uh, I don't know if you know me or not, and I introduced myself, and I remember you said, I know who you are. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I said, I just want to, I've heard you, a couple of you guys, or you and Dwayne Satterfield were I read an article in UAH newsletter about you guys doing a Western States or something like that trail running, and I just a light came on, and I knew that's what I that was my new phase in my running career. I said had to do it, so I called you up, and you said you were in the starting to work. I, I guess I didn't know on Mountain Mist, and said meet me up. Montesano, Saturday morning, 7.30, and started my running. <laughs> you know, I remember running. that run. There was um, a handful of people showed up. Mm-hmm. Remember the very first ones? And we got lost over around the stone cuts. Everybody would wait at different intersections and wait up for everybody, and we go to the next one, yeah. Can you mm-hmm. believe that um, 26 years ago there were no trail runs here? In fact, I don't think there was a trail run in the state of Alabama. Mm-hmm. 
There wasn't. Can you imagine that, Skyler? I couldn't. I mean, there's one every weekend. Now. <laughs> yeah, you can find a trail race just about anywhere in the southeast now on just about any weekend. There were none. And it's just thinking back 26 years ago, I mean, that almost seems like a lifetime ago, but it, you know, it's... Goes by fast, what you always hear people say. <laughs> yeah, don't remind me of that. <laughs> I don't want it to go by fast, but it's an exciting week, and... I can remember the very first Mountain Miss started in the hikers' parking lot. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. And um, it's actually thirty miles, wasn't it? It was around thirty-ish because no one knew of fifty Ks yet. Right. It I mean, nobody. Have. There just weren't many fifty Ks around, and mm-hmm. so uh, you know, I laid out. I was connecting my trails, and uh, it was, you know, we, you know, how we ended up measuring Mountain Mist eventually with a wheel. Remember, yeah, just remember Grady Edwards? Yep, to physically wield the entire course. He yeah. was retired, and so he had some time on his hands, and I think he got out there and wheeled all that course. And you know, and then he was in charge of the first and last aid station, the one that um, Josh Kennedy does now and Mona Parker. But anyway, Grady was in charge of that aid station for a long time, and he just recently passed away. You know, he was 90, probably in his 90s, but he did that aid station for probably the first 20 mountain mist yep. and then he turned it over to josh kennedy and of course mona's joined in and helped him so really only two people have ever headed up that aid station in 26 years that's kind of crazy to think about too um blows my mind but they have a really fun time out there he, grady started a good uh, a good um uh, <laughs> what do you call it uh Party, party Mountain there, party. yeah. Yeah, if if you if you knew he had it, you could ask for a beer, and he would have one somewhere, <laughs> somewhere waiting for you. And you know, he was a he was actually a deer hunter, and he used to bring make that venison chili. Mm-hmm. And all the rescue people that that are monitoring the course in case they've got to you know do a rescue on the course, they knew where that chili was, and middle way through the day, they would always head over there to Grady's aid station for lunch. And, and Grady got to where he was always prepared for those guys to show up so they could have some of that chili. And I think Mona makes chili now, even to this day. Um, and, of course, yeah, they they have plenty of uh, refreshments out there. Uh, I usually provide them with about several cases of beer for the runners. Because, you know, that's only 1.6 miles from the finish line. It's a celebration at that point. Yeah, and it's a flat run in. So uh, it's... It's, it's, it's a good feeling. Yeah, it's a good feeling. So we just talked a little bit about the very first. Do you remember running the very first Mountain Miss? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I remember uh, I had trained quite a bit with uh, one um, one guy, and I'm names, you know. I'm, Escapes you because it was so long yeah. ago. And uh, he literally rolled his ankle between the cabins the first 10 feet on the trail, off mm. the trail, and hobbled along, hobbled along to the – to Shaughnessy Point, and his ankle was so big, he just didn't make it the rest of the race. So. You're kidding, so, so he didn't finish. Didn't finish. You know, I remember, another things I remember about the first Mountain Mist, it was like 13 degrees at the start that morning. Sunny day, clear, cold. I remember that. I remember Dwayne running. I remember Craig Armstrong, I think, might have ran as well because they were like the two favorites in the race. Dwayne would go on to win the race. Mm-hmm. And 349. I mentioned that in the welcome letter that I, we sent out to all the runners. Um, but I remember that. I remember being in the hiker parking lot. 
And I, you know what I really remember? You know, I remember that, you know what, Skylar? I was worried the course was going to be too easy. Well, what do you think was easy exactly? You know, I felt like, A, we were not used to races below 50 miles when it came to an ultra marathon. Everything was 50 miles or longer. So a 30-mile run, we were like, this is just going to be a jog in the park. It's going to be too easy. People are going to be complaining that the race was too easy, blah, blah, blah. That's, this was going on in my head. It has, like, the in like, the last, like, 10 or so miles always been the same? It hasn't changed at all. So Because I know, like, the start has yeah, changed a lot. It's but. changed a lot. I mean, the very first one ran from the hiker's parking lot straight up Cabin Row, and it went down behind Cabin 7 to Mount Miss, which we don't do anything remotely like that. We talked about that a little last week. But mm -hmm. land trust area has not changed. Railroad bed, Alms House, Waterline, Natural Well Trail, Slush Mile, and Rush Shelter Climb have always been that way. They have not changed at all. But I was worried that it was too easy, and that was my big fear. So when I was out on the course looking for – the leaders, of course, Dwayne and Craig, they kind of bunched up early on and were running together. And they were, of course, they were rolling. I mean, they were cruising. You know, they were in their 20s, too, so they were young. And um, I was like, man, it's too easy. It's too easy. It's too easy. So then I went and parked at Montesano Boulevard and walked over to the top of Waterline. Yeah. And I was on my way to Waterline, and I wasn't quite there. You know, when you get to the top of Waterline, you still have that one nasty little climb, and then it levels out. Yeah, once you get to the top, it's not you get off the vertical climb, and then you're like, oh, I got to keep climbing. But yeah, water. And, yeah, and then you hit that little. It's almost like a little gravel road yeah. to take you over. Yeah, to. Yeah, it's like it's pretty narrow now. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't narrow. Back that's then. where I saw Dwayne 26 years ago. Of course, he was in, alone in the lead by then. Mm -hmm. But what else was he doing? He was barely moving, <laughs> and I, and I saw him, and he was he was like doing what we call the ultra shuffle. Yeah. He was barely shuffling. He looked like he was completely wiped out, and he said I was just grinning from ear to ear because <laughs> I knew you succeeded. Your fear I knew, was yeah. My, I knew I, the course had beat him to that point, and uh, he was struggling, and he just it was hilarious, and he was just his head was down. He was shuffling, and I was like. He still got to do McKay Hollow too, so I'm like, this is, course is not going to be easy. And um, you know, Mark Dummer, I think Mark Dummer did the very first Mountain Miss, yeah. believe it or not. And Mark told me after the race, he goes, "This race is going to be a classic." You think it's a classic, Lonnie? Yeah, it is. I've did. Gosh, I, I really don't know the exact number. I'm approaching 80 ultra runs, all trails around the country, and you know, there's. There's none. I mean, I, it, it's funny when you go to other areas of the country and talk to people, they ask, you know, oh, Alabama, oh, hmm, y'all got rocks and stuff there? Um, <laughs> I really I, I enjoy people uh, coming here and looking at their expression when they see our rocks and they see what the, 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 the cool features of Mountain Mist, you know. I think the uh, waterline climb blows them away and um – we were actually thinking this year, you know, when, when we were redoing the route and making the, some of the reroute adjustments, I was like, should we cut out stone cuts? And Rob was like, no way. He's like, send them through the cave. Yeah. You know, send them underground. It's too cool of a – it'd be really easy to bypass that. But, you no, know, it adds character. It adds some character. And it is – you know, it's funny. When you go in that cave, you can't hardly see your feet. 
Mm. No, you can't. <laughs> you ever notice same, that, Skyler? I haven't really noticed that, but I know it's going to be the same temperature no matter what. <laughs> it's I always like going, cool. I like going there during the summer, especially. Yeah, it's refreshing in the summer. Uh, I always think there's going to be a wild animal in there. When it's, yeah, you know. I think I always think I could step on a snake, <laughs> but won't in January. Didn't that one time you put a fake snake out there? You know what? We used to do that a lot, and I don't know why we stopped. We <laughs> you, did. You have used a to also snake. have. Uh, nasty <clears throat> notes at the top of Rush Shelter Hill as only wimps and whiners walk. Uh, you were correct. Kind of like a last thing. It was a last thing, you know, because yeah. I've run Strolling Jim so many times. He used to. He always writes messages on the uh, the road. So I decided one year that I'd write messages and put them on trees. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and I was putting them on some of the early hills, saying this is not a hill, and you know, stealing a lot of lasses, yeah, little quotes. Stuff. I haven't done that in a while. I don't know why. Um, I guess I felt like I was insulting some Yeah, people. you've gotten too politically correct or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I got too politically correct. But, yeah, you're right. I did used to put some signs on that um, mm-hmm. course. Another thing I do remember, you know what else I remember about the very first Mountain Mist? I ran the entire course the day before the race, checking course markings with a backpack, markings, and everything. And it took me all day to do it alone. And I was self-supported as well. And I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. Um, I still check a lot of sections. I'll be out on the course tomorrow and Friday checking course markings because that's always my biggest fear. I mean, we get runners from 25 states here. I don't want somebody coming all the way from Arizona and getting lost because somebody's tampered with the course markings. And we even take it another step. Um, race morning. What are you going to be doing race morning, Scott? I'm going to run the first half. You're going to you going to run the first half or at least to the first two A stations uh-huh. to 12.7? Yeah, I was I was gonna run until you hit Cold Springs again. I think. Right. Yeah. yeah, that would be the easiest way for you to bail out and come back up. Yeah. But Skyler's gonna be checking the course, carrying some orange tape in his hands, blocking any side trails he thinks might be mm-hmm. tempted or for somebody to go the wrong way. I'm probably gonna be checking from there, possibly to the finish. I'm trying to get a hold of Tom Poser to get him maybe to check the last 10k. I don't think there's people that malicely do it. There can be. <clears throat> But I know one year we had set up, uh, we had marked the section, we'd put signs up about letting um, people know that there was an event the following day. And while we were up there checking a section, there was a a little Cub Scout, Boy Scout group, and they were doing their good deed for the day, and they were taking debris off the trees. And they had a whole, all of them had pockets full of red tape that they were were removing. (laughs) Well, you know, one year I was checking the course, and my, you know, we started using those green flags, and I had I've got Mount Miss actually scanned or put on the flags, but anyway, those green flags turned right off the trail and on up into the woods one time, and just kind of trickled off. Of course, I picked them all up and remarked with them, but you know, kids will be kids. I think kids have a tendency to mess with them, but every now and then you'll get an adult that thinks uh, they're cleaning up the trail, or they'll or they think that those trails belong to them and no one else is allowed to use them. The good thing is, is we check that course over and over and over and over. Um, you know, it's funny. We're talking about the first mountain mist. I can barely remember like the second ones and the third ones and the fourth ones and the fifth ones. I, I remember after we reached the 50 limit the first year, I can remember upping it to like a hundred the second year. I do remember that. And I can remember increasing the numbers. 
I remember once we got up to 100 or so, we felt like the hiker parking lot was too small, so I started renting that pavilion over there at the picnic area. Do you remember that? Yep. We did the picnic <laughs> area for several years. Um, remember, I used to get, like, clear plastic, and I would nail that plastic in, and we would build, like, a shelter because there was no walls on that pavilion, and we'd build fires in there. Do you remember that? Yeah. They would get some, and it went on cold days. It would get really smoky in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get really... and. I can rem you know, do you know, also realize the lodge was not there then? No. Where the race starts and finishes now. That was just a ruin. Remember, you actually ran by it coming to the finish at the picnic area. But, Skyler, there was no lodge there. There was parts of a lodge that had burned down in the 1940s, I think. And the only thing that was there was some of the stones. And they let used those stones when they rebuilt the lodge. Of course, once they started working on that lodge... I immediately moved it to the lodge. I was like, this is going to be awesome. And um, I don't even know how many years we've been at the lodge now. Any idea? No, I don't. Gosh. Um, Skylar, if you think of anything you're wondering about Mountain Mist, feel free to jump in here. Cause I, I had nothing in particular. No. So one of the other reasons we've got Lonnie on here today is um, yeah. he's going for his 26th yeah, Mountain Mist yeah, finish. I haven't mentioned that yet. And I mention it now. Um, and, of course, we need to talk about Dwayne because Dwayne was going to be going for his 26th finish as well. And, you know, we got to go back to October the 4th. Dwayne ran uh, a 100-miler. Grindstone. Grindstone 100 on October the 4th. He gets back from Grindstone, and he's not feeling great. He's not recovering. His back's hurting. Uh, he had to make a work trip to New York City and – Still wasn't feeling great. Then he went with his kids. They went to Disney World for a fall break vacation. I think when he came back from that vacation, he took a visit to the doctor. And I think they started running tests, and um, they found a spot on his heart. And we thought he had a spotty mountain rocky fever from a tick bite. And that's what he thought he had. Uh, he thought maybe much trails as he runs, yeah, he thought he might have gotten bit by a tick. And... Um, so I didn't hear from, from Dwayne for a few weeks, and I sent him a text, and I'm like, are you still sick, question mark? Meaning, you know, did he, you know, was he still sick, or is he feeling better? What's going on? And he didn't reply, and I'm like, well, you know, he's probably busy at work or whatever. Well, my phone starts ringing at 10 o'clock at night, and, you know, your phone doesn't even ring much these days. Usually you get texts. My phone's ringing. I look down. It's Dwayne Satterfield. I'm like, Dwayne's calling me. Well, that's kind of odd, but, you know, we hadn't talked in a while. I guess he just wants to talk instead of sending a bunch of texts. Hey, I said, hello. And he's like, man, Dink, you're not going to believe this. I'm like, what? He's like, I'm in the critical care unit at Huntsville Hospital. So immediately my mind thinks, well, he, yeah, he did have that, that tick bite was a serious bite. And uh, he goes, man, you're not going to believe this. He's like, I got, he says, I got cancer. He's like, I'm in the hospital and next thing I know, he's fading away. He's literally just fading away. I'm like, holy smokes, I'm not getting to talk to him. And then his wife, Kara, picks up the phone. And she says, hey, Dink, this is Kara. She goes, yeah, Dwayne's in the hospital. He's got cancer. And, you know, you know, my mind's just like racing of what's going on. And, of course, the very next day, I go straight to the hospital. And, um, of course, I go to his, the critical care unit and... I see Dwayne, and he looks horrible, but 
I think he had just had like his first chemo treatment or something. And he said, man, this stuff is kicking my butt. He's like, it's kicking my butt. But uh, when I first walked in there, of course, his eyes were closed and it was I was devastated because his eyes were closed and he just didn't look good. And the next thing I know, I said, hey, Dwayne, it's dink. And his eyes just popped right open. And he was like, man, I'm glad you're here. And, you know, it was a pretty emotional visit. And, um, you know, it was hard. Um, you know, I, I talk about Dwayne. He ran all 25. He won the race nine times. He won the Masters seven times out of ten. So, As he three, got older, he continued to win. Right. The three times. Okay. As a Master, the first year he turned 40 years old, he won the Masters, but he still won overall in 407. The three times that he did not win Masters in his 10 years, it was to someone that was five years younger than him but that had become a Master, David Rent. And David Rent beat him three times. Just barely, but David beat him three times. David was the only person to ever beat Dwayne as a Master. So then he turns 50 years old, and as a Grandmaster, he five for five. You know, Dwayne won five times for five as a Grandmaster, 437 at 52 years old. And people are like, 437, what's that mean? Well, four hours and 37 minutes on mountain. How many times do you run 437, Lonnie? Not even close. <laughs> Not many people can get under five hours. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's I think my fastest 25. is maybe 535. Still again, a good time. Again, that's when I'm in my 30s. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's crushing it. But, um, of course, then... Um, a few weeks later, we decided to go see Dwayne in the hospital again, and I decided to take Skyler with me. Of course, what did you think about the visit when we went to see him? Um, I mean, he was in much better shape when we yeah, went. Yeah, I mean, him. we were able to talk to him for at least an hour. Yeah, and what was he talking about a lot? Yeah, we were talking about running a lot. <laughs> running, mountain mist, um, telling a lot of, you know, reflecting on mm -hmm. a lot of mountain mist stories. Dwayne seemed to be perked up talking about mountain mist. Well, I mean, a streak, you know, like that, and a race, a low, your your hometown race, is and Dwayne and you is so instrumental in starting it and um, keeping it going and uh, and the accolades of the winning it and, and that. I never forget when we, you know, and all I've been doing is trying to continuously finish it. Correct. Know, as I got older. And, you know, lots of things come at you through life. They, you know? they do. Um, kids, give me kids being born, grandkids being born, sickness, health, just everything. And uh, when we finished last year, you know, at the number 25, which was really monumental, I never forget. Dwayne looked at me and said, Lonnie, how old are you? I said, I'm 62. He goes, well, I'm 53. He said, I'm going to keep doing this. I said, Dwayne, you're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And he he's devastated right now that I know Suzanne's like, Dwayne's not worried about mountain mist right now. He's, no. he's in another place. He's fighting for his life. He's not worried about mountain mist, but I'm here to tell you, he is concerned about mountain mist. Cause, uh, every time I go see him, that's like one of the main topics. And after he went home from the hospital, the first time he went home and he walked two miles, his mentality was, I can walk Mount Mist and make the cutoffs. This is what he's thinking after, after everything has already been diagnosed, after he's already had a chemo treatment. He's thinking, I can walk Mount Mist and make those cutoffs. Um, because, you know, several years ago, you know, I had that stroke when I was 47. And uh, 
I wasn't able to run for six weeks, but I was able to walk. And me and Eric Fritz walked the first half of Mountain Mist before I yep. was able to start back running, and we made the cutoffs. Well, I mean, I we think— We made the cutoffs, and Dwayne was thinking, I can beat the cutoffs. And I think that's the mindset that ultra runners and people— you know, you you do these things. You don't do them for the glory and the you know, the throws of thousands of people cheering at the end. You just do them because inside you want to do them. And I think that's you know because things come at you. I know the one year, um, I had a, a, a heart attack. I, I was taking a drug that um, the via uh, not is it Vioxia. It was something for, you were taking something for... For plantar fasciitis. It was yeah, a, for anti-inflammatory. And, and I was one of the victims that it just, four days later, it caused me, I had a myocardial infraction. And that was in June, end of June. I went, oh my goodness. The first thing I thought is, how am I going to get to Mountain Mist six months from now? Mm. And that was my goal. So, you know, no matter what comes at you, 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 fig, you don't look for excuses. Well, I can tell you, Dwayne, again, was thinking, yeah. I can walk Mountain Mist. That was his mentality. So then he has another setback, and he ends up back in the hospital. And, of course, after he came back in the hospital the second time, he said he knew there was no way he was going to be able to do Mount Miss. And, you know, he's, and he's just in and out of the hospital now. And his short-term goal now is to either try to make it to the pre-race dinner on Friday night or possibly make it to the race on Saturday. But he had a visit from his doctor on this past Monday and they were supposed to let him know whether he was going to be able to go home or not. And of course, if he can't go home, he's not going to be at Mountain Mist on Saturday. But if he gets to go home, then I'm going to say there is a chance that he'll make it. I, I'll get in touch with him and I'll find out if he's coming, but it's just short-term goal. Just make an appearance at Mountain Mist. Um, uh, I don't know if you were aware, you know, we had him that quilt made. Yep. We gathered pictures from the very first mountain mist all the way up through last year just a lot of good pictures and had them put on a quilt and that brightened up his day last saturday when we delivered that to the hospital and it's pretty cool um kara was pretty touched by it and yeah i think it meant a lot to wayne he said it did and i'm sure i i'm sure it did um but hopefully we'll get to see Dwayne at the race i'm not going to count on it 100 percent, but i've got hope um that he can make it. I've got hope that he can beat this thing and run Mountain of Mist again someday. You know, that's that's my dream right there is to see Dwayne make it back to Mountain Mist. Um, I'm not counting him out yet, but but he is struggling, and we can't stand that he's not going to be there. Um, we'll see. But you and he were the only ones that had perfect attendance. Jim Call missed the snow year. And no, G it was G it was just a very cold morning, and he just woke up, and it was a snowy course. Didn't feel like he didn't feel like getting out. He yeah. regrets it. Yeah, but you know what? He's told me that Jim is doing number twenty-five this year, and he says this is his last one. So he's going to get twenty-five Mount Miss. That's his plan, and he he said he's done after this. He's not going to go beyond twenty-five. Um, you know, you know what we got else going on this year. Sally Brooking, female. She's going to run her 20th Mountain Mist. She's going to be the first female to get 20 Mountain Mist. She's fast, too. And she usually finishes really well. She'll mm -hmm. win her age group, and she'll, you know, be in the top 10 females. And I think she's 60 years old. 
and she's still tough as nails. Um, but she's going for number 20. Good. Which is pretty amazing. Um, got some longevity there. Her and her, she comes from Georgia, and they always rent a cabin up on Montesano. And to bring a good group. Bring a good group, and they they do their thing every year, get a cabin and just have a big old time. And Mount Miss is a special race to them. I know it is. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing her hit number 20. We got her. You know how I did the butt buckles for 20-time finishers. You know, I always laughed at, a 100-miler only takes you 30 hours to get one, but Mountain Mist belt buckle takes you 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, Sally was like, I don't want a belt buckle. So, you know, we do 10-time Patagonia finisher's jackets. She's getting a Patagonia vest with 20-time finisher on that. So she Good. requested that, and I'm honoring her request. You know, you get to 20, you've got a special request, I might, I might, I might honor that. Yeah. Sally Brooking is 63. Sally's 63. I don't know if she wants us t- telling her age, but well, it's so on the, on the internet, it's on there. And what did she run last year, Skyler? What did Sally run last year at 62 years old? Uh, she was 643 there. 643 at Mountain Mist at 62-year-old female? Yep. Um, pretty strong. I wonder what place that was among the females last uh, year. It looks like. Pretty good, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Top 30 females there. Top 30 females at 62 years old. Pretty strong. Um, Lonnie, we got on the board there what it takes to do these kind of things. I mean, what does it take to do Mountain Miss 25 times? Well, I think we've touched on a few things, a few times. I, I just think, and we're talking about it with Dwayne and all of us, I mean, you, you don't, you know, you really can't look at excuses for any of this stuff. You know, you if you have an excuse, you might lean into that excuse of these things, you know, somewhere through it. Well, if only I'd have did this, if only I'd have did that. So, so you kind of like to approach them, you know, each year when you like Jim saying he doesn't want to do it again. He may, you know, he may decide throughout the year that, well, wait a minute, you know, that's just, you know, I don't know what his excuse is. <laughs> Could be health, but we all have had health issues. And but I think you just got to look at you know you just you don't look you don't have an excuse readily available. Um, I know one year, not at Mountain Mist, well the year I had my heart attack, there was no way obviously I was going to slow down, make sure I made every cutoff, and get through that thing. Um, um, but I know one um, one year doing Leadville, I had a I'd been dying, I knew I had a problem with the knee two weeks before. Went to the doctor. Said, "Yeah, you go torn, um, torn meniscus." I just stuck my fingers in my ears and said, la, la, "I'll get that fixed later." And I carried poles with me, thinking I may not need them, but I am going to walk. I'll make sure I finish. And once I was knew I was finishing with 10, 15 miles left, somebody had asked me, I think, of Rob Younger, and said, "Hey, you want me to take those poles?" I said, "No." <laughs> I did not want an excuse to saying, "If only I'd have kept them poles with me, I might could have." So. It's those kind of things. You play mind games. That's really what it is, you know. It's tough because, you know, even as from a race director, to me, it's harder to direct the race than it is to run the race. And, you know, and part of me in the beginning was like, well, you know, 10 years went by and Dwayne gave me like a special plaque or something. I remember for 10 years and then 20 years went by and then they, he gave me something else. 
uh, a painting of some sort with like a mountain mist. You could see a little skeleton in the woods, which is kind of cool. But I thought when I get to 20 years, I'm not going to direct this thing anymore. But then once it came, I'm like, well, why am I going to stop? Yeah, same thing. Why, why should I stop? Because I'm still perfectly capable of doing it. And I know what this race needs better than anyone because I've been directing it for so long. And then I thought, well, I'll get to 25, and then I'm going to turn this race over to somebody else, get some new ideas. And you know what? This is number 26, still directing it. I still feel responsible for setting the pace for what trail running is in the, in the Alabama and the southeast as far as that goes. Absolutely. And um, I just – I'm still perfectly capable of doing it, so I just can't stop. Um, and I got a lot of good helpers. I've got, like I said, I've only had my same people work the aid stations. I don't, you know, Paul Erickson's took over this aid station in the land trust, and he added fireball to that aid station. <laughs> Gave that aid station a little character, so yeah. now that's the fireball aid station, and he's going to have the fireball there again at, you know, 21 miles there before you start the old railroad bed rocks. Um, and, and you know, a lot of good help. So I can't quit. Yeah. And I'm right now. I don't know when I'm going to stop. But Scotter, do you remember? I don't remember anything. Do you remember? Of course, Mountain Mist was already gone when Scotter was born. He's 18 years old. Yeah. But as you know, you've been around for 18 of them. I can remember Skyler as a toddler. He loved to put together Legos and we have our little RV and we would park that little RV up there at the lodge turn the heat on, and Skyler would have a new Lego project. He'd get on the table in that RV, and he'd spend the whole day building a Lego uh, airplane or just some kind of big multi-thousand-piece Lego thing, and that would keep you busy the whole day. I, I don't remember any of that. I do. <laughs> I can remember, but that kept you occupied during the race. What's your first memories of Mountain Mist, Skyler? I couldn't tell you. I mean, when did you start kind of noticing it? Because I know it's just been part of your life. I I. I it's not, like I, I don't know. Yeah, I but within the last, I give you like an exact time. At all. But in the last few years, you started paying a little bit more attention to it. I'm sure. I guess you could say that. Yeah. Especially since you ran Dizzy Fifty last year. Yeah. So you had to already. Mm -hmm. Did you start thinking, hmm, I need to run this race? Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> nothing I'm gonna force myself to do at all. It just what, depends on timing. Just depends on timing. So yeah. what? What is it? You do you feel added pressure? No pressure at all, no. No, nah, there's no pressure, but what what makes you want to do it or not do it? Um, I mean, I can. there's nothing, like, forcing me saying, oh, I just, like I said, timing. Uh, this year wouldn't be good timing for me at all just because um, I wouldn't have been trained for it. But uh, yeah, there's you nothing that would push me to say no. You don't want to just do it yeah. just to be doing it. Yeah. You'd, you'd, if you're going to do it, you'd like to be competitive, right? Mm -hmm. Um. So when the 20th Mountain Mist came rolling around, 20 years, I decided everybody was, well, I didn't decide, but I, did, I guess I did in the end. Everybody kept saying, Dink, you need to run this race. You've been directing it for 20 years. It's time you ran this thing. And I'm like, y'all don't understand this week leading up to the race is so stressful for me because there's so many things going through my mind. You have to take care of phone calls and you got to go pick up then broader jackets, 10 times. There's just so many things you've got to do, and you've got to keep the course marked. And I'm running the course constantly. Like I said, I've been wearing those trails guests, out lately. you know, invited guests or runners are coming and, into town. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, some of the 
top runners have stayed at my house before. Um, I think Courtney Campbell probably stayed at my house when he was in town. I think uh, Dave Mackey stayed at my house. Uh, there's just been s several runners stay at my house. You know, you got to plan pre-race dinners and meet with caterers. And there's just a lot going on. And we, I was like, I'll tell you what, I'll run the 20th if I feel like everything is going the way it's supposed to go. And between Suzanne and Craig being at the start-finish area, I felt like they've been around all 20, you know, a long time. I know I think Craig's been around either running or working all 25, 20, this will be his 26th year. But I felt like they knew what they were doing. So they could handle me being gone, being gone for a, long, a little while. And I knew that even though I had not run Mount Miss, I kind of figured I could do it in under five hours. So most people would still be out on the course, and then I could get right back to work taking care of problems when I got done with the race. I know that's not what you want to do when you run a 50K, but that was my mindset. So I was like, I'll decide morning of. And morning of, things were going, seemed to be going good. And I jumped in there and ran it, and I, I enjoyed it. It was kind of fun to see everything unfold from that perspective. From that perspective, because I haven't, although I've run lots of races, I hadn't got to run my own race. And so I squeezed in there, and like I said, I think I ran 450 something or something. And then I think I ran it again the next year. And then I ran it again one more time the snow year. And then after that, I was like, I don't need to be running this race. I need to be directing it, and I need to be taking care of things. Again, I like taking care. I'll be on the course ahead of the race checking course markings. I just gives me a peace of mind to know that the course is marked well. Uh, I think we've got a good reputation for having a well-marked course over the years. You know, there's going to be some people get lost occasionally. And most of the time... It's their fault. It's, most of the time, <laughs> it's their fault. That's right. They let their mind wander, and they forget they're in a trail race, and they forget there's other trails. And... And blow right through a, a turn. It can be done. Uh, I'm sure. Have you ever done that before, Skyler? Uh, yes, I have. Um, blown right by some markings before. And, and you don't. You can't blame anybody but yourself. Yeah, just, you're just like well, you got to see a marking in a while, so you turn around. You get that right. feeling, though. Yeah. You get the Scary. feeling. Um, we put out a lot of green flags on that course, and you start, and they're all on your right hand side. So if you start seeing them on your left, you're going the wrong way. If you stop seeing them all together, you're going wrong. You're, you're you're off course. The good news is it doesn't take long because you rarely will go more than a minute without seeing them. Yeah, I was thinking here on Mountain Miss specifically, you're going to be touching pretty much every trail on the mountain, so it's going to be hard to not see any markings at all. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, it's we hit a lot. We have to. <clears throat> Montesano, believe it or not, is not a huge state park. Um, mm. You know when. When, after we'd been putting Mount Mist on for like 10 years, um, some other people started calling me about putting on races. And I'm like, Montesano State Park is not a huge park. And people were calling me from even the guy that, you know, Stump Jump, the yep. popular 50K up in Chattanooga. That guy called me the first year he put that on and was like, do you think I should do it? And Man, do you know how much trails are up in Chattanooga that yeah. they have to work with? Scotters run up there. You yeah, ran stump I mean, jump. Yeah, it's there's a lot. It's definitely a lot more scenic. 
tons of trails, though. I mean, they have tons of opportunities. And, of course, Stump Jump now is one of the bigger 50Ks in the southeast as well. I mean, you ran it this year. How many runners were there? It was it was 300-ish, I think, yeah. Which is a big field. I mean, that's probably the second largest. Oh, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say the second largest. Uh, next to Mountain Mist. And then down in the Talladega National Forest. Penhody? Penhody. Yeah, that's probably. Mount Cheeha. Yeah. Todd Henderson, he ran Mountain Mist a few times. He calls me one day. He's like, Dink. I've been thinking about putting on a, a run down here at Mount Chihath. He said, what do you think, and how do I do it? And I started giving him a play-by-play of how to put a race on, and I'm like, Todd, those trails in the Mount Chihath area are some of the best trails I've ever run. I'm like, you, that park is huge, and the Talladega National Forest is just huge. And, of course, he puts together a point-to-point race that finishes at the highest point in Alabama, Still probably my favorite 50K is Mount Cheeha. You know, I, I, that's the one I like to run. And um, I, think, I think last year was my 15th uh, Mount Cheeha, and I think, that was, I think I've got perfect attendance there, kind of like Lonnie does with the Mountain Mist. But that all spawned off of Mountain Mist. I don't know how many races, but, you know, that's why. And then next thing you know, he's like, I think I can put a 100-miler on. And uh, – we talked about it, and I'm like, man, Todd, if you're going to put on a 100-miler, you got way more guts than I do because putting on a 100 is tough. Marking a 100 miles is hard, having aid stations through the night, and Todd's done an outstanding job with the whole Penhody series. I mean, he's got the whole series now yeah, that he got, does. I think he has Oak Mountain 50K now too. As well. He has taken over Oak Mountain 50K and, down in Birmingham. Um, he's also got a 50-miler in September, the Rebecca Mountain. Which you have considered running. I've considered it, but yeah. Um, and Todd, Todd has entered in Mountain Mist this year. I don't know how many he's run. You could probably look it up, Skyler. But um, a few he missed when he was starting those his own races. I'm I sure. I mean, he it being a race director can be exhausting. I mean, it just it really can and. I know what Todd feels. So when he's down, when I go down to run his race, I. It's kind of fun to that I don't have to do anything, but if there's a way I can help him occasionally, I will. Um, just however, I always bring him some extra shirts and hats from my race just to show my appreciation for him putting on uh, Mount Chihaw because love those trails. There's a trail there called the Silent Chinnaby Trail. Just gorgeous, gorgeous. And, um, man, he's got he's got some good places to run down there. And, of course, now Penhody's. What do you think about Penhody now? So for those who are going to say, he has six finishes. At so Todd's got six finishes, So and he's entered this year, so he's going for number seven. So maybe Todd will get his 10-year jacket here in the next few years. Yeah, I'm comment on Penhody. Yeah, that's probably a pretty underrated course itself. I mean, people wouldn't expect that, especially in about central Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the amount of single-track trails and the amount of climbing that you can get. Um, it's kind of shocking to some people. Are we going to make some trips down there and run? We know you and I have been running some on yeah, that course this year. Um, yeah, we haven't made it like in the later months of the year. You know, maybe we were doing it was hot. We did. We, uh, Skyler and I, when he was down at Auburn, we would, I would drive on Friday afternoon, and he'd get out of class, and we would meet. Several times we met at the, uh, well, actually the Mount Chiha starting line, which is an aid station for Penhody as well. And so we've been running 
some of the Cheahawk horse. Some, and That's a pretty good Penhody start too. for trail running. Yeah, and I think we ought to go down there and maybe get on some of the earlier sections so you can start yeah. checking it out. But well, that's going to be our plan this year is to maybe do the whole course and sections training. Yeah, 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 we could do it. I think that's what we're planning to do. But You know, one of the, I'm, you were asking earlier about, you know, with you and Skylar running together, you know, the one year that I, you were asking what I remembered monumental ones <coughs> was the year that my son. I remember I that. He was, he was 15 he years was 15 old. 15 years old. He had gotten in trouble at Grissom in football told the coach off or something and would they throw him off the team well they said that when he started wrestling the wrestling coach said you're gonna have to run me 100 miles i don't care what how but from my house so he had to start doing laps over at coach massey's house and clocking in coach or down three coach or you know so he'd go up there and run and so he was running and and so <clears throat> he uh, i said uh, he said dad uh i think i might can do mountain mist this year he'd never <laughs> ran a 5k and so uh, I said, really? He said, I want to do it. I said, hey, let's, we'll start. So I started carrying them up there and section running different parts of it, hiking, running. And he seemed to have the determination. And one thing that gave it to him, he said, Dad, if I finish this thing, can I get a tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah. And he was like 15. <laughs> He's 15. But, but so we... Actually, I think we did some section runs. Did one mate one time we did it with the second half together, and that's about it. So we said, okay, we're going to do this. So that I, uh, the few days before I had wrenched my back or something, you know, I couldn't hardly tie my shoes. And I said, I had my wife tie my shoes. I said, because I got to do this run. This is the most important mountain mist coming up because I really had to do it with, with my son. Who, and, uh, and so we got through that thing. He was cramping. <laughs> He started cramping at about 22, and uh, actually at the sinks area, and uh, we made uh, before that. Did you give 17. him some fuel in him? And yeah, he just wasn't, you know, paying, he wasn't doing what I was telling. And uh, and we kind of he finished in 7:43, I think. Finished. And Scotter, you can look it up. Um, see, wait, I think wait, he was, was I think he was 15 years old. But all you'd have to do is search uh, Bogan, mm -hmm. um, Nick, Nick Bogan, and he'd probably come up. But that was one of the, you know, you think about. Monumental or important ones. Yeah, you ran it of. with your child, which is. Um, so we went and got a, a tattoo together. Yeah. <laughs> so he ran 2001. it. 2001, he was 15 years old. Yeah. And he, 719. 719. 719. And he's probably one of the youngest finishers. You can also look up Chris Robbins. Larry Robbins lives over in Georgia, and he calls me one time and he's like, Dink. My son, Chris, wants to run the race. His name's Chris Robbins. Yeah, Chris is still around. Chris is still around, but he ran Mountain when, Miss. When he, was, when he was 12. When he was 12 years old, and he ran 758. And that's probably our youngest finisher. I don't think anybody's ever going to beat that. That was G January 17, 1998. And, and you let him in? I let him in because <laughs> Larry Robbins directed my first ultra. When I was 20 years old and I ran my first ulcer, Larry Robbins mm -hmm. was the director. He directed that. He directed um, the Big Dipper, Little Dipper. And he had some things he was doing. And Larry was, I was like, Larry, if you'll, it, I don't, Larry might have ran with him as well. Uh, yeah, I'm not 100% sure. sure, but he was 12 years old. And yeah, they finished together. They finished together. Larry, <laughs> and Larry was 54 at the time. And I was like, 
he said, I'll stay with him. I'll run with him and trust me on this. And I was like, all right, you let, let Larry sign the waiver for him. And then Chris finished awesome. it at 12. So your son, probably the second youngest at 15. And then, um, of course, Chris was 12. And Chris is still around. Yeah. Chris usually runs strolling gym every year. Um, I think he and I ran together some at Strolling Gym last year, or maybe the year before last. He and I were together a lot at Strolling Gym. Uh, I can remember seeing his wife and kids on the course screwing, and I can remember seeing Larry at the finish. Um, but, yeah, right there. So what did he run? Um, 2018. Yeah, look where he was. So it was two years ago. Two years ago, I was 14th, and he was 15th at Strolling Gym. So we were together a lot. And so, you know, some people might think a 12-year-old – do something like Mount Miss would not would disappear, but hey, he's still, still around. Still around, yep. He's still around. And what, what's he run lately? He ran Hellgate 100K last month. So so he ran Hellgate Ooh. last month, 100K, which is one of Horton's races. It's a tough one. Starts at midnight. Starts at midnight. So, you know, he's – and I think he lives in Minnesota now, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, he's run some Minnesota races. Yeah, I think he – yeah, he lives in – St. Paul is in that Minneapolis. Yeah, it's Minneapolis. Yeah, he lives. Yeah, he lives in that area now. And I don't wonder if he'll ever come back to Mount Mist. I think he has come to Mount Mist one other time since then. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, yeah, he was here. 436. 436 in 2018. So, kind of cool that we had a 12 year old run it, and he's still coming around occasionally running. Uh, maybe I haven't talked to Larry in a while. Need to get Larry down here and get him on this podcast. He can tell some good stories. So you want to get into excuses, back to excuses then? On Mount Miss? Because, you know, I, I had planned on, when you'd mentioned uh, if I wanted to participate in this podcast, talking about how we people can come up with excuses and you don't want one. And then what did I do this past weekend? Yeah, we ought to talk about I that. Kind of gave myself so an excuse that I'm doing. Tw- the 26th annual is coming up, and Lonnie texted me last few days ago, I guess, and he said, "Man, I had a bike wreck, a mountain bike wreck." And I'm like, "What are you doing on a mountain bike a week <laughs> before Mountain Mist?" Well, actually, it was a gravel bike, so I was, I was trying to take the safe route with my friends and said, "I'm not, I'm not mountain biking, but I'll get on the gravel bike." Which went over to Wheeler. Yeah, went over to Wheeler, and uh, um. If you're familiar with gravel bikes, they're kind of a glorified road bike. And tires are pumped up, you know, 70 pounds kindish. So, but they're more durable. And um, we had just just were approaching the first uh, getting on to the gravel roads. That the Wheeler Wilder Refuge has a endless amount of trails of uh, roads that go on each side of the Tennessee River for miles, 15, 20 miles. And uh, and just wasn't paying attention, glanced down, right as at the start, there was a large pothole still on the pavement side and didn't have time to go around it, decided to try to go over it and didn't make it and kind of in, uh, kind of crashed into it and broke a rib and a, and a separated shoulder. So that's what I'm dealing with now. I'm trying to, can't hardly breathe very good, so we'll see. I got a couple more, three days to go, but I plan on towing the line and Tucking everything together really tight and see if we can get through this thing. I've got to do it. Well, your arm is in a sling right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't see any bones showing. No, but, uh, no, no bones showing. So I think that's a good <laughs> sign. 
So, anyways, talking about excuses. So we'll see. Well, you know. Yeah. How, you, know how is, are you going to pull yourself up waterline? You know, you got to use hands to yeah, get up that. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. I think uh, I can skirt off to the sides <clears> where the more the trees are and the and the debris. So you're just going to kind of crawl, crawl up to. Yeah, I think that that's the section that's got me most worried because you yeah. obviously need four extremities normally. Yeah, you I, need four wheel drive for that for that climb. So, so I so I, that's that's what's got me a little bit worried. Uh, Actually, the breathing right now with this rib has got me a little bit worried, but I think I can, you know, fast hike the thing fast enough and run when I can to see see what can happen. But, but you know, we've just got to, you know, every step of the way training this fall since the news about Dwayne, every step was thinking about Dwayne and, you know, continuing uh, the tradition that, you know, him and I had. Uh, and so that's where I'm trying to, trying to do is run this thing for Dwayne. Well, we were talking, uh, I was running with Tom Pozzard the other day, and um, Tom is the one that suggested we carry his number. So, you know, Dwayne still has number one. He said, you know, we should just carry his number, for aid, let people, different people carry it from aid station to aid station, you know, yeah, and carry the, the number through the course and then maybe give him his number back, you know, afterwards. And, um, I was like, that's a good idea. And who better to start out carrying the number than David Riddle? Yeah. Riddle, you know, ran at Auburn, got a lot of speed. He grew up in Madison, Alabama, went to Bob Jones High School, and then, of course, yeah, then he went to Auburn, ran, walked on, ran there, and got pretty darn fast. But he was also yeah. interested in Mountain Mist growing up in this area. And um, he started running Mountain Mist, and – Boy, has he done it in a dominating fashion. I think he's run it, I want to say, six or seven times. Skyler can probably tell us. Only one year he didn't win. He's won it every time he's run it. One year, yeah. And what was he, second the year he didn't win? I think that was the year that he had, like, the broken – he had something broken that year. (laughs) He had a broken bone, so he finished second that year. He had bones showing that year. Riddle now – course lives in cincinnati ohio but of course we i've heard from him today actually he is coming and i think he's won mount miss seven times um i think 2010 so his first win was 2010 so it probably just goes from there and of course he has the course record 36 and 2013 yeah what he run 336 52 that time, I'm not going to say it can't be beat because records were made to be broken, but it's going to be hard to beat that time. I mean, what's that average pace? Just uh, just I under mean, seven? It's just, probably around seven, just depending on how the course was that year, yeah. Yeah, it's um, seven-minute pace on that course with stuff like waterline in yeah. it. I just boggles my mind. Uh, but Riddle's going to start out the race, and he's going to carry Dwayne's number one to the first aid station and leave it where someone else is going to pick it up. And the plan is just to have somebody carry it from aid station to aid station until the final aid station at the top of Rest Shelter Hill. Um, I'm going to tell Josh, or I've already talked to Mona, actually, to hang on to the number and wait on you to get there. Now, Lonnie, if you're not there and the sweepers are coming up, guess what? Sweepers are going to carry that aid station. I'll get there. I'll get there one way or the other. (laughs) If it doesn't, if it if it can't, I'll I'll bring her in and walk 
to it and and see maybe a group of people want to bring it in. Well, I, I think you'll make it somehow. I just I believe you've got the determination to get in there and get it done, even with – are you going to still be in the sling there on oh, Saturday? Oh, yeah, I'm planning on – Ace bandage and this thing up all over the place. And uh, are you going to go? So you'll have just you're going to leave one arm free, I, yeah, and then I'm that gonna one's going to gonna be. Yeah, there's no doubt. I can't. I can't use this thing. I wonder what people are going to be looking at Lonnie at the starting line like. <laughs> I, the, the chance of face planting is pretty high. <laughs> Man, that is. Have you tried to run no, with the sling yet? I couldn't barely get out of bed this morning. Tie oh my, my shoes. I'm wearing slip-ons, but we'll see. <laughs> so basically you're in a full rest mode till the race. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a point now that it's you're not going to gain anything from maybe some confidence. Yeah, yeah, possibly confidence if you can go out and run a mile. You know, and I'll do something like that Friday. Just go out and jog a little? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little worried about you, Lonnie. Yep, we'll see. You know, Jim Call might be changing his mind. You know, this is going to be number 25 for him. Lonnie doesn't make it to the finish. They, they could be a three-way tie, three people with 25 finishes. And you know who you better watch out for? Dogman. Yes, yeah, he started back in two. He's 22. Dogman's probably hitting 24. Really? This year. I think he's only missed one or two, and they were probably the very first one or two. I bet you, uh, if you look up Randy McFarland, he's got a streak going himself. I bet you he's run a lot in a row. Um, Could be interesting. Uh huh. The race is not always to the swift, but those that keep on running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Dogman's sneaking up that ladder. Um, I haven't really looked at the overall finishes lately. Yeah, let's see. So, yeah, he's in the 20 group. Yeah, he's and in. That, and that was in 2015. So if he hasn't missed any since then. No, there yeah, it is. I don't think he's missed. Then that means, yeah, 2024. 20, I think, I think so. Randy McFarland, dog, a.k.a. Dogman, is going for number 24 this year as well. So he's on your heels there, Lonnie. That's okay. <laughs> Pressure's <laughs> on. All right. Well, I think we've reminisced enough about the Mountain Mist Trail Run 2020. As always, it's a super exciting uh, weekend. It's fun to be at the finish line. Uh, Skyler said he's going to check the first 12.7, yeah. and then you're going to hang out at the finish line? I'll hang out at the finish line. See Riddle come in? Uh, it may or may not be Riddle. We'll see. You know, Skyler keeps up with all the top runners a lot better than I do. How do you think this race is going to unfold? Um, so, you know, just reviewing everything, uh, to start with the women's side, I, I don't think anybody's going to be able to keep up with Liz. Um, Liz is she won't set course record. Um, you know, usually, usually there's like, you know, like Emily Anzik or Jackie Merritt will be there, but it's it's just hers. So Liz is going to be racing the clock, is yeah. basically what you think, um, and it's going to be interesting because there's rain in the forecast tomorrow. I hate that because I was on the I ran the first ten on Monday, dry as a bone. My shoes you couldn't even tell I'd been on a trail. It's supposed to rain uh, tomorrow during the day and into tomorrow night. But then I think it's supposed to stop in the middle of the night. So the course will actually have all day Friday to dry. And that mountain dries super fast. Skylar, you run up yeah, there all the time. I, I completely forget that it, it rained the day before. It's hard. So I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that no rain Friday. And then, of course, there's no rain in the forecast for Saturday and can still – give us a pretty quick course for Liz's sake so she might can 
give that uh, course record a run. Yeah. Plus, there's a lot of people whining that this course is going to be harder since we I, made those few I changes. I think those the trails that are new to the race are going to be easier. They are easier. They're not going to be as technical. Mm -hmm. uh, there might true. be more climbing, but... Yeah, there's, you're picking up 500 feet of game, but I'm telling you, it's easier to run up Oak Park than it is to descend down in McKay Hollow. I'm going to stand by that. You folks running the race on this Saturday, 0400 of you, you tell me which was harder, running up Dummy Line or running down from Natural Well into McKay Hollow. And I can tell you, it's going to be going down in McKay. Uh, it's just, that's a gnarly descent. <laughs> it's horrible. What about on the men's side? Okay, so yeah, there's, since there's, like I said, uh, Riddle's the clear favorite. Yeah, Riddle's the clear favorite just because of history and, you know, his knowledge of the course. Um, top four, I mean, four of the top five from last year uh, are back. So, you know, they all have experience. They just don't know about the new section. Uh, like, it would be interesting to see how Tony, Tony White and uh, Nathan Holland do after they were second and third, I think, last year. Yeah. Um, there's a few locals like Wes and, you know, uh, a few guys from Atlanta that, you know, haven't been on the course at all. So I like I like that a lot of your faster guys do pick Mountain Mist to be their go-to A race because uh, it's a competitive race. Um, hard to break five hours, and I think we usually don't – we've never had more than two break four at one race. I, I mean, I think it's possible this year just because – like I said, there's people that Tony White and Nathan Holland were 4-0 last year. It, and the course is new, so it's kind of hard to exactly yeah. compare it. Right. Because we don't know how it's going to run. Correct. Especially at that point in the race. We don't know how fast they're going to be able to run down and run back up at Oak Park. But uh, it's going to be interesting. I think it's a possibility. That Where are you going to be, Dick? I'm probably going to check, be a, checking the course. You know, because, again, I worry about course markings. So if Skyler's doing the first 12.7, I'll probably pick up at 12.7 and run up Waterline mm -hmm. and to Montesano Boulevard crossing there at 25 or wherever far it is, 24. I don't know. It's, mm -hmm. you know, the new course is a little wishy-washy what the distance is, even though it's I've got it on paper. I just don't have it memorized like normal. Um, and I, I'm trying to get Tom Foster to check the final 10K for me. If he didn't check it, then I'll probably be running from 12.7 all the way in. And I, I really didn't want to run 20 miles on, on race day because I feel like I need to be back at the lodge. But, again, I'm going to if I have to because I want to make sure those course markings have not been tampered with. And, um, yeah. Aren't you checking part of the course on Friday? Yeah, I think I was going to do last 10K at the very least Yeah, well, uh, Thursday. So and are you doing that in the afternoon? Um, just whenever I get it. Just around. whenever. So, yeah. you know, if he's, uh, yeah, it'll be afternoon. if he's checking the course on Friday afternoon, it may be okay. Um, but well, so it'll be Thursday afternoon. Thursday afternoon. Yeah. So we'll probably still check it ahead of the race. Uh, that's the plan. Um, well, I'm looking forward. If you're not running Mountain Miss this year, put it on your schedule to come do it. It's the South's premier trail run, the Mountain Miss trail run and the 26th running and we're excited about it, and we're looking forward to seeing everybody up there this weekend. Yeah, Dink, uh, I want to, you deserve a huge thanks from a lot of people in this community for starting trail running in this area, um, keeping it going, and the enthusiasm that you and the store, the, you know, the, the products that are available. Hey, there's no, there's again, there's no excuses. We've got trails, great, 
greatest trails in the southeast right in our backyard. Um, people come from all over the country to hear about it. So yeah, there's, you know, we're, we're really lucky here. Well, you're welcome. Looking forward to it.